0: We made usaa insurance for veterans like james when he found out how much usaa was helping members save he said it's time to switch we'll help you find the right coverage at the right price usaa what you're made of we're made for restrictions apply mary meet fellow little woman fans today's comment shout out goes to Lawless gsl who says one of the things that this podcast has made me realize is that the adaptations always focus on the positive traits of Joe and Laurie's friendship and the negative traits in Amy's and Laurie's relationship. That is why it is so hard for people to root for them. Even the 2019 adaptation did that and people were praising it because, quote, it made a good contrast. Anyways, the adaptations and always book supremacy. Go listen to this, they literally transferred Joe's and Laurie's toxic traits to Amy and Laurie. What kind of BS is that? What a sweet comment. Thank you, lovelace G.S.L. One of the things that I do like to speak about in this podcast is the different narrative between the novel and the multiple adaptations. If you think about Joe and Laurie in the book, they argue a lot. In the novel, Joe even says to Laurie she notices that he does not argue with Amy. In the movies, you see more conflicts between Amy and Laurie than with Joe and Laurie. It gets worse. You see Joe and Friedrich arguing in the movies. In the novel, Joe and Friedrich don't argue. And there is a really great scene where the narrator says that Friedrich had the ability to calm Joe because Joe is a person who gets easily agitated and she can't control her mood changes. She needed somebody who could live with that and was able to balance her, which is one of the best elements in their relationship dynamics. It might have had its base in reality since it has been speculated that Louisa May Alcott might have had manic depressive disorder and she does write in her diaries that all these real life readings had the ability to calm her and give her thoughts some clarity. It has become a custom for me to tell you guys the things that I have been reading lately since this is the Amy and Laurie romance episode, I do hope to make more of these in the future. I want to recommend you all to visit my fellow Little Woman fan Jimena's blog. I will put a link to her blog into the show notes, and I am going to be quoting her quite a bit in this episode. I've had people saying to me that things that I post and uh, the way I analyze Joan Frederick's relationship makes them love them even more. You're welcome. Jimena writes so beautifully about Amy and Laurie she makes me like them even more. I have always liked Amy as a character. With Laurie, it has been a bit more difficult because he's a lot more complicated in the novel and then he's very simplified in the movies, and sadly, in little women's circles, you will find lots of Laurie fans, most of them Joan Laurie shippers, who really hate Frederick's character. But you will also find Frederick fans who really hate Laurie. That kind of culture itself is very toxic and one of the reasons why I wanted to do more in-depth exploration on Laurie was because I wanted to understand his and Amy's relationship better. Also, it is a very petty argument because in the novel, Fritz and Laurie actually seem to get along pretty well and Laurie is the biggest Jo and Friedrich shipper in the book. And he and Amy even plan to make a story of a rich relative who would leave Joe and Fritz a fortune because they want to support them. But they know that they are too proud to take any financial help. This episode is sponsored by Audible and if you have not yet read The Little Woman, there are no excuses to wait. You can get 30 days free trial with the affiliate link that is in the description. This is Small Umbrella in the Rain, Little Woman Podcast, Amy and Laurie Romance, and the filmmakers' Joe and Laurie Obsession. We make USAA insurance to help you save. Take advantage of discounts when you cover your home and your ride. Discover how we're helping members save at USAA.com slash bundle. USAA. Restrictions apply. We made USAA insurance for veterans like James. When he found out how much USAA was helping members save, he said, It's time to switch. We'll help you find the right coverage at the right price. USAA. What you're made of, we're made for. Restrictions apply. When Laurie and Amy meet in Nice, they have not met for four years and Laurie is impressed how much Amy has changed. Quote from the novel, Amy was gratified but of course didn't show it and demurely answered. "For in life polishes one in spite of oneself. I study as well as play and as for this, with a little gesture towards her dress. White is cheap, poses to be had for nothing and I am used to making the most of my poor little things. Amy rather regretted that last sentence, fearing it wasn't in good taste, but Laurie liked her better for it, and found himself both admiring and respecting the brave patience that made the most of opportunity, and the cheerful spirit that covered poverty with flowers. Amy did not know why he looked at her so kindly. Now why he filled up her book with his own name and devoted himself to her for the rest of the evening, in the most delightful manner, but the impulse that wrought this agreeable change was the result of one of the new impressions which both of them were unconsciously giving and receiving. Amy and Larry spent a great deal of time together in Europe in the books. They went to picnics, dancing, sightseeing, and it has always been rushed in the films, or not shown at all. Larry is disappointed when he hears of Amy's plans to marry wealthy Fred Warren, and he reminds her of the Amy humans knew Amy who valued love more than wealth. At the same time, Amy is disappointed by Laurie's behavior, the way he dwells in self pity and doesn't even try to be useful. They both reminded each other of something that they had forgotten about themselves and that unleashes process of self discovery in both characters and this process that Laurie goes through has never been adapted. Between the movies from 1917 and 2019, it's never there. And that also includes the TV versions and animations and the musical and the opera. The biggest problem with Joe's and Larry's relationship is that they are never equals, and that bothers Joe. Even in the first part of the novel, Jo is always aware of the financial difference between her family and the Lawrences. But also, when Jo grows, she becomes a lot more interested in learning, and she would like to go to university. And she struggles to be the person she wants to become with Laurie because he's stuck and very lost about what he wants to do with his life, and he's really not interested from school or or work. Laurie is. A party boy in college, the maternal care that Joe has for him becomes more toxic. Amy is the one who gets through him and maybe the fact that they had not seen each other for such a long time participated into that. Louisa May Alcott's original name for Little Woman Part 2 was Leaving the Nest which suggests that Louise had a plan what the life was going to be for her characters and if you have listened to earlier episodes on this Channel, we can trace the love stories in Little Woman to Louisa's favorite books, and the relationship between Joe and Friedrich seems to have been something that Louisa wanted for herself. Little Woman Part 2, or Good Wives, tends to be an underrated book. This is a quote from Little Woman fan Dana. I'm sure there are many different reasons for why Good Wives is underrated, but two very plausible ones I can think of are this. One, people aren't interested in the characters once they've grown up and two, they aren't satisfied with the ending so by skipping or ignoring Goodwives, they can avoid what they don't like. And I bet your life part of that dissatisfaction comes from the group of fans who ship Joe and Laurie because ignoring Goodwives means they don't have to worry about the pair not getting together or Amy and Laurie or Jo and Fritz. The name "Goodwives," I believe, was something that Louisa's publisher in Britain came up, and that is the name that part two has been sold in Europe. I tend to use Good Wives in this podcast because I'm used to it. I know it can confuse some people. I personally always thought that Good Husbands would have been a better name or Good Matches, but I suppose that was too modern. But I do like the name that Louisa had come up with, Leaving the Nest. Here are some quotes from Canon fans. Sure Laurie shippers want to believe Laurie accepted Jo for who she was and he didn't care for high society. That's a lie. He loved his rich life and Jo's crippling drove him crazy. A good part of this is that they focus so much on the hypothetical happily ever after instead of seeing what the happily ever after would look like. When Amy and Laurie are in niece, the role that Amy takes it is traditionally seen as more masculine. She is stern but not provocative. The adult Amy is quite a catch. She is worldly and uses all the right words. She even gives Laurie good advice how he could win Joe's love or at least gain her respect. But most of all Amy wants Laurie to shape up his act for his own sake. At the same time Laurie reminds Amy isn't love better option than money. Amy's lecture proves how much deliberately Laurie was feeding his heartache out of spite she was right to lecture him and only one who got through him. Also to be noted, Fred wanted to marry Amy despite of her being poor, but because Amy was a true lady and Fred genuinely liked her. Yet the reason why Amy wanted to marry him was that she could take care of her family. In her heart she knew that it was wrong for both Fred and her and Laurie reminded Amy to examine her own heart. After leaving Nice, Laurie went back to his grandfather. The relationship between two has improved a great deal since he first moved to live with him, but now it is even better because of the internal change that has started to happen inside Laurie. Quote, when he looked about him, for another and less intractable damsel to immortalize in melody, memory produced one with the most obliging readiness. This phantom wore many faces, but it always had golden hair was enveloped in a diaphanous deft- 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 cloud, and floated airily before his mind's eye, in a pleasing chaos of roses, peacocks, white ponies, and blue ribbons. He did not give the complacent rate any name, but he took her for his heroine, and grew quite fond of her, as well he might, for he gifted her with every gift and grace under the sun, and escorted her, unscatched, through trials which would have annihilated any mortal woman. Larry goes to Vienna to compose but as being said it does not go that well and it is easier for Larry to give up the idea of Joe being the lead of his great operetta than giving up the idea of himself as a romantic hero. Now the Phantom that looks like Amy has become part of Larry's fantasy projection but this time Larry himself breaks this bubble. He comes to the conclusion that he does not possess the genius. He goes through the same process that Amy did. He has talent, but he lacks vision. Largely thanks to Amy's candidness, Laurie grows a great deal during this winter. One way of reading Laurie's time in Vienna is to see it as a right of becoming independent. He comes to the conclusion that he needs a real, earnest job, which he had never wanted to do before. And that is when Laurie goes to work for his grandfather. Hundred years of little woman adaptations, not once have they included Laurie's growth process and his time in Vienna. Which is pretty unbelievable when you think about it. Freddie's character tells probably more about his creator than any other character in Little Woman. We can even see Larry and Fritz as different aspects of Louisa or Joe. Laurie is the masculine energy of youth and Fritz is the academia and the major emotional intelligence. Differences between Joe and Laurie rise when they are called to conform. From the start Joe is represented as a strong-minded person with high-level intellectual curiosity, whereas Laurie takes education for granted. He goes to college to fulfil his grandfather's dream and partially Joe's dream as well, but not his own dreams. Once again this is not a character flaw, he is just a different type of person. From a very young age, Joe has high work ethics and she has been raised on a very politically aware household. Value of work and social justice are things that Laurie is not that much interested, which can be easily explained with his background, but we never see that in film and TV adaptations and they have never really shown Jo's and Laurie's differences because his character arc is never there his flaws are downplayed and Amy suffers from the opposite, reductionism. Because we never see Laurie's pranks and the proposal dialogue is always changed, we never see how much later Laurie matures compared to the sisters. Jo is looking for love and acceptance and validation for her unique sense of individualism. With Friedrich's character Louisa makes a bold statement on class and wealth and she subverted the social expectations of a romantic interest man who Joe falls in love with is a poor scholarly immigrant, during the time when there was a deeply rooted antagonism towards European immigrants. Luisa gave him feminine qualities that she herself appreciated in a man and many of the real-life Friedrichs who Luisa was attracted to possessed them as well. Friedrich is enthralled by Joe's intellectual curiosity and he is not threatened by it, unlike most men of the time were. In the novel, Jo gets anxiety when she is writing the sensational stories. They are causing her mental breakdown and Friedrich sees that Jo is not feeling very well and that she is really upset about something and that something is her publisher who wants her to write more racist stories and these stories they contradict with Jo's own literal desires. And she calls her sensational stories trash. So when Friedrich sees that Joe is upset he says that he believes that sensational stories corrupt the person's soul and the book Joe does not argue with Fritz because he is saying what Joe has been thinking all along and then Friedrich encourages Joe to study character and gives her books and she begins to write to please herself not the editor. Scriptwriters such as Greta Gerwig and Heidi Thomas have both complained about Friedrich trying to stop Joe from writing, which makes you wonder what is the book that they have read. I was never a huge supporter of Gerwig's version, but after reading more and more of her race statements on Fredrik's character and that she believed that Laurie is quote Joe's first feminist ally and that he wants quote her to grow up. I don't know what to think. When Laurie proposed to Joe, he wanted Joe to be his nanny and said she never needs to write again, and Laurie wants to immature her party on that relationship. And Louisa loved Germany. She was a Germanophile and studied German. Also, the scene in the earlier script where Joe wanted to punch Amy after Amy and Laurie got engaged—it is so off and uncharacteristic. I don't think Gary wanted to do justice for Amy because if she wanted to do so, she wouldn't have included Joe wanting Laurie back, which does not happen in the book. This is a quote from Jimena. In your podcast with your friend, one of you said how Laurie never does any work for Amy. That's something that bothered me even before reading the book. We get that Amy said no to Fred because she didn't love him. But there's never a moment when Laurie proves that he really loves Amy and that he is completely over Joe and we never see him better himself. And another thing is that he never ever apologizes sincerely to her. Book Larry did bad things to Amy, but in the movie he is even worse. He stood her up. He arrived drunk and insulted her and embarrassed her in front of everyone. The next day he arrives drunk to the painting studio and acts as if he hadn't done anything wrong. And yet all he has to do is smile and Amy forgave him. Book Amy doesn't take shit from Laurie. That's why she's not afraid of telling him the truth as it is and it actually had an impact on him. But here Amy is weak. The fact that she is in love with him allows him to treat her like a crap. The garden scene actually works for me because it's Amy telling him that he needs to stop that. That just because she loves him doesn't mean he gets to do whatever he wants. But then again, he doesn't work to prove her that he honestly loves her. So that strength... That she has showed at the garden goes away in the next scene. Adding into to the letter, the scene with the editor is also troublesome. When Mr. Dashwood asked her, why didn't she marry the neighbor, Joe responds, because the sister married him. It implies that Amy got to him first, like it was a competition, and it only fused the thought that Amy stole him from Joe. By the way, as if Laurie has no will or reasoning capacity to choose his own wife, Joe should have answered, because she didn't love him. There's actually an article that says that Greta's movie proves that the marriages in Little Woman are not romantic. And that just goes against everything. Louisa wanted to portray marriages based on love. People saying that this version proves why Amy and Laurie are well suited is kind of confusing. It actually raises more concerns about Laurie's feelings and adds Joe's regret. That's why Joe and Laurie shippers love this movie so much because they win. In the BBC production from 1970, Stephen Turner's Laurie actually has a temper and more complex personality. Adult Amy is played by Janina Faye and the dialogue of their time together in Europe is lifted straight from the novel. Same series completely butchers Joe and Friedrich. Why it is so difficult to find an adaptation that would treat both couples with respect? Janina Fay also plays the child Amy, and every time when an adult woman plays a twelve year old Amy, the arguments between Joe and Amy appear more as cat fights and not arguments between a twelve year old little sister and a fifteen year old big sister. This series it is the only version where I have seen Joe and Laurie arguing, but it also doesn't show Joe questioning Laurie's actions, which is something that happens when Joe was a teen, but it does not happen anymore when Joe is an adult. In the 1978 series Richard Chiltern plays the part of Laurie. He does not look at all like the book Laurie but his personality is closer to the book Laurie than any of the film Lauries. He has a temper, insecurities and the series shows tricky relationship he has with his grandfather. Susan Day's Joe is the most feminine Joe in the history of Joes. She is extremely submissive around Laurie. We also get quite possibly words most entertaining Mr. Bear, in the form of William Shatner. And Dusenberry plays both child and adult Amy. Amy is taken a bit over to the top and Joe appears more as a saint compared to her. Series still manages to build a good base for Amy's and Laurie's relationship. This is another version which does not show Joe and Laurie arguing, but Joe and Friedrich argue almost throughout the series, so it is complete opposite to what happens in the novel. Laurie had two real life inspirations. First one was Louise's good friend Alf Whitman, who she used to act with in the Concord Dramatic Union. When they met, Whitman was 15 years old and Louisa was 25 and they remained friends throughout their lives. Alf also knew May and the age difference between May and Alf was only two years and they were close friends. Based on the letter exchange between the two, they both seemed to have rather carefree personalities. Same way as Amy and Laurie, second inspiration for Laurie was a young man called Ladislas Wisniewski. Louisa met Ladislas in Switzerland, where she was working as a companion to a wealthy woman called Anna Welt. Louisa was in her thirties at the time. The age difference between Louisa and Ladislas was a bit over ten years. Louisa gave him a nickname, Laddie. Laddie was a military man from Poland and an inspiring pianist. There is a very little information about Laddie. He has been described to be a flirtatious prankster, and he was romancing Louisa. But it would seem that Louisa's feelings towards him were maternal. She was a bit confused about him. Some time later, May also met Laddie in Europe, and he showed her around. Neither Louisa or May married Laddie or Alf. Laddie and Lad were umbrella terms that Louisa used as nicknames for young boys and young men. Laddie was not the only Laddie, but he and Alf were the Laurie Laddies. I read some of the letters that Louise had written for a Laddie and Alf, where she told them that she was going to immortalize them into Laurie's character and in Laurie she wanted to capture the essence of youth and the essence of boyhood. And If you want to hear more about Louise's relationship with Laddie, check out the episode Love and Sex in Little Woman. And if you want to hear about Joe and Friedrich and Louisa and Henry David Thoreau, check out the episode The Real Life Friedrich Bear. In the 1933 film we get a full half minute of Amy and Laurie in Europe together. Their character arcs are not included. In the 1949 film Amy and Laurie do not share any scenes together. They only appear together in the film posters. There is one scene right before Laurie goes to propose Joe. You can see Amy, played by Elizabeth Taylor looking at Laurie going with a sad expression. And honestly, if you don't know that Amy is looking at him with a sad expression, you probably won't pay any attention to that scene. Defense of the 1949 film, they do a really good job with Joe and Friedrich and together with the 1933 film and the modern adaptation from 2018, they are the only films where Joe and Friedrich don't argue and Joe actually embraces the feedback she gets from him, like in the novel. Amy gets blamed on two things. Stealing Laurie and stealing Joe's trip to Europe. Movies have never adapted chapter calls, which very clearly shows that Joe herself was the one who blew her chances to go to Europe. And the movies just leave Amy and Laurie hanging. In 1933 and 1949 films, Aunt March and Amy just pop into New York and tell Joe that they are going to Europe. In both films, Joe goes to New York after she has friend John Laurie. When she hears that Laurie has been to New York, she is sad because he hasn't come to see her. What's going on? In the book Joe went to New York because Laurie's behavior made her feel uncomfortable. He was trying to get physical with her but she did not want him. There is a theory that Joe rejecting Laurie is actually Louisa rejecting Larry Wisniewski. I say theory because Louisa's journals are censored. She does have a diary marking where she mentions him trying to get physical with her and she rejected him. And Little Woman is a semi-biographical novel. I've had some listeners saying to me that I am too harsh on Laurie. And then I've had other listeners saying that I am too easy on him. That I don't criticize his behavior enough. Thing is, Larry does some horrible things in the novel and that should not be ignored, but his growth process is what matters because he grows out of that behavior, same way as Jo grows out of her misogynistic beliefs. Little Woman 2019 has really bad woke feminism because the director objectifies the male characters and erases their arcs, shows Larry being mean to Meg in the ball scene when in the book he is the supportive character, or Friedrich being a bully when once again in the book Friedrich is the one who supports Joe's writing. Feminism doesn't have nothing to do with hating men. It is designed to also break stereotypes and misconceptions of manhood. The portrayal of manhood, especially in these recent adaptations, is quite misanthropic, which is complete opposite to what happens in the book. In Louisa May Alcott's novels you can often find the so-called Laurie archetype, with a young man who is a bit lost in life and is more heavily guided by women. Joe has very maternal feelings towards Laurie and at the same time she has quite harsh views on her own gender and other women. And Joe is Laurie's first female influence. Where that influence is leading is Laurie flirting and sort of belittling the ladies he is courting and eventually belittling Joe as well. So when he meets Amy in Europe, she refuses to mutter him the same way as Joe has done. And that is why Amy is the first person that Laurie actually listens She shows him another version of womanhood which actually allows Laurie to be more sensitive, admire beauty, and truly inspire him to be a better version of himself. Because when it came to Joe, there are times in the novel where Joe actually makes fun of Laurie's oversensitive nature. In a way, Jo is Laurie's opposite. She grows up dismissing her own sex as weaker and she is heavily influenced by the men in her life. Her mother and sisters play an important role as well, but more when she reaches adulthood. She always has a fondness for boys. Fredrik has two nephews and for a lot of women that might have been a problem, but Jo loves boys. She loves the energy of young boys. And when Jo is a teen... She admires Lowry and she can't really see the toxicity in their behavior. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? <sighs> Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, <sighs> oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus, and conditions apply. See website for details. Here and how it is quite misogynistic. Best example of that is Laurie catfishing Meg, and Cho didn't really see any harm in it. She didn't really care about her sister's reputation at all, which shows how little she identified with women as a teen. When Joe grows, she begins to question her own previous views on what is acceptable and what isn't. There's a great scene in the novel where the narrator says that when Friedrich comes to court Joe, she forgot to compare him to Laurie because Laurie had been her model of masculinity. Friedrich replaces him with a more healthy model, which includes respecting women and not belittling them. So you might even say that, with their mutual partners, Joe and Laurie are able to find their true selves. Movie from nineteen ninety four is one of the most well known little woman adaptations. There are probably more people in the planet who have seen this film but have not read the books. Winona Ryder who plays Joe has great chemistry with both Christian Bell who plays Laurie and Gabriel Byrne who plays Friedrich. In an interview, Robin Swickert, who was one of the scriptwriters of the nineteen ninety four film, was asked about the sudden change in Amy's character, and she replied It is not until we get rid of the bitch-naming culture we can achieve equality. I do agree with this statement, and I know movies always have time restrictions, but the 1994 film does not do many favors for Amy's character, because once again Amy's character arc and Laurie's character arc are completely missing. The film heavily idolizes Joe and romanticizes Joe and Laurie. When Laurie proposes, he kisses Joe, and some people call this as a triple kiss. But in the novel Joe and Laurie don't kiss and Joe is actually really annoyed that he is interested in her. Which is why she travels to New York. 1994 Laurie doesn't have a temper so when Winona Ryder's Joe says they would kill each other if they would marry. It is hard to believe that because he doesn't have a temper. Exact the same happens in Greta Gerwig's film. Laurie doesn't have a temper. Dialogue of the proposal is completely different than in the book. In the 1994 film In the proposal scene, Larry has taken a job from his grandfather from London so that he and Joe could move there. The book Larry is not at all interested from having a job and the main reason he is proposing Joe is that Joe could keep telling him what to do with his life. In the book it was Friedrich who had taken a job from another state so that he could provide a home and a future for Joe. This part is missing from every single film version. Do I am mad? I am mad. It's not in the 1994 film, it's not in the 2017 series, it's not in the 2019 film. And these people say that they have read the book. In the 1994 film there is a scene where Laurie promises to kiss Amy when she is grown up because Beth is ill and Amy who is 13 at the time is afraid that she is going to die as well. There are people who like this scene and believe that it actually foreshadows Amy and Laurie romance then there are people who think that it is creepy because Christian Bale is, quote, so old and he promises to kiss 13-year-old Kirsten Dunst. Christian Bale was 19 when he played Laurie. And an interesting but but not very relevant fact. At the time he was dating Samantha Mattis who played the adult Amy in the movie. If he would actually kiss young Amy then I would be worried. But people really need to learn to understand the context since nothing physical happens between them. I read that Kirsten actually had a crush on Christian Bale so maybe she would not have minded if he had actually kissed her. The Scene where Laurie says he has always meant to marry a March girl has made many to believe that Amy is some kind of a second prize but he doesn't say anything like that in the books. In the 1994 film Joe writes to Laurie after bedstead and asks him to come back to Concord. Joe does not do this in the book. In a way, the same happens in the 2019 book. Because Laurie doesn't have a character arc, it gives an impression that he only moves on from Joe to Amy. The structure of the book that Niles ordered was Bildungsroman. Bildungsroman is a literary genre which originates from Germany and it has its focus on the psychological and moral growth of the protagonist from youth to adulthood. Louisa was more than familiar with this genre because Louisa's third book, Goethe's Wilhelm Meister's Apprenticeship, was the start of it. Therefore, Little Woman is a story of identity with romantic subplots. Louisa was advocate for girls marrying for love and not for money and not marrying too young. All my sisters are over 21 when they get married. This of course seems a very young age for us nowadays, but in the 19th century that was actually very unusual and most girls married when they were 16 or 17. It seems that Louisa planned both Jo and Fredrik and Amy and Laurie to end up together already when she was a teenager, because they echo Louisa's own ideas of romance and what it should be like. Amy knows that she wants to marry a rich man, Laurie is wealthy and Joe wants to keep Laurie in the family as her brother. And May, Louisa's sister, also knew about real life Laurie's. References to Germany already begin in the first chapter of Little Woman, which foreshadows arrival of a German character. In fact, March trilogy is constantly favourable towards German culture. Louisa was frustrated by the little girls who were obsessed with the idea of Joe marrying Laurie. Laurie perfectly captures the 19th century male ideal, but in modern standards Friedrich is more feminist and progressive. He is respectful towards Joe, supports female education, is abolitionist, hardworking, and loves Joe unconditionally. The resentment that Friedrich's character received in the 19th century and still today from some sad people seems to stem out from xenophobia. the 19th century, German immigrants were widely discriminated. This is a quote from Christine Doe's essay, German Literature and Culture in Little Woman. I have quoted this before, but it really captures Lewis's views on romantic love and finding a suitable partner. Quote, the cultural level suggested by Friedrich's profession and more specifically by his knowledge of Goethe, also helps to validate the connection between Friedrich and Jo. Teenage Louise had scribbled a quote from her copy of Margaret Fuller's Woman in the 19th Century regarding Wilhelm Meister's female connections. Quote, As Meister grows in life and advances in wisdom, he becomes acquainted with women of more and more character. Rising from Mariana to Natalia, who expresses the Minerva side of things, I am actually currently reading, Wilhelm Meister and I am going to make an in-depth essay about it in the third season of this podcast. Bassett represents Joe's transference of affection from Laurie to Friedrich through her own growth and advancement in terms of character. Laurie is the fascination of her youth who will always be regarded with affection but Friedrich has more character. Laurie is always a boy to Jo but Friedrich is a man. He possesses charm and culture. Fritik, as we see, is cultured, but also steady and well grounded. He speaks both to her down-to-earth practicality and to her imagination. The similar transference can be seen in Laurie as well, in the way he moves on from Joe to Amy. Laurie has to go through a personal transformation first before he can truly love another person. The fact that Louisa was very fascinated by this transference from a very young age is interesting, because this transference... Not only happens in Little Women, but it is a narrative pattern that she repeats in her other writings as well. Laurie in the books is described to have an androgynous and effeminate looks. Jo is also androgynous, but she has sharper features. Jo in the books is never sexually attracted to Laurie, which makes it pretty crazy that so many adaptations have hired Jo's and Laurie's who have sexual chemistry. What Cho is attracted to is Laurie's masculine energy, and that in their childhood place, she doesn't need to be a girl. Features that are traditionally seen more feminine that Laurie has, like his sensitivity, bring out Cho's nurturing side, something that came naturally to her. In New York, when Cho meets Fritz, she's really attracted to him and his masculine looks. He is more like a Viking. Gender fluidity continues in the sequels. In Little Man, it is once again referred how Joe prefers more, quote, manly boys. Little Man also introduces the character of Nat, who is compared to Laurie. Nat has more effeminate looks. He plays music and he is quite sensitive. In Joe's boys, Nat and Meg's daughter Daisy are in love, but both Meg and Joe are worried, since they don't think that Nat is man enough to take care of Daisy because Nat is quite a dreamer, and also because his effeminate looks. Jo however thinks that Daisy will be a good wife for Nat because she is steady and down to earth. When Nat returns from his trip to Europe and he is now more solidly built, Meg and Jo give their approval. In Good Wives, Jo wishes that Laurie could find himself a steady and a competent girl who could keep him grounded. Sounds familiar. The way Laurie is not used to making decisions also affected the way Jo thought of herself. It was something that she wanted to change. It contributed to her fear that she can only be loved as someone who gives advices and takes care of others, not as herself, as a person. In the series from 2017, Laurie was played by Jonah Howard King. Series received very mixed reviews from the fans. In an interview, the screenwriter Heidi Thomas said she never understood Joe's choice of husbands. This definitely explains why Laurie's flaws are once again downplayed and why he doesn't have a character arc. Sirius also tried very hard to make Amy an unlikable character. Fridberg, who for once looks like he jumped straight out from the book pages, gets very little screen time. Bocho and Fredrik and Amy and Laurie relationships are left underdeveloped. I greatly enjoyed Florence Pugh's performance as Amy. Film built Amy and Laurie's romance quite nicely but once again, Laurie's character arc was entirely missing. Timothy Chalamet does great emotional roles. He could have pulled off Laurie's character with its full complexity. In Little Woman 2019 Film Guide, Greg said that Joe and Laurie could be a great couple if they wanted to be. Louisa Mayrard wrote her journal about Lady Swisniewski the words couldn't be. I don't think she can be more clear than that. Only way that Joe and Laurie would have ended up together is if Luisa had ended up together with Ladislas, but that never happened because he was too immature for her. It is very strange that Greta Kervik said that Laurie wants Joe to step into the world of adulthood. Let me remind you, in the novel, Joe is frustrated that Laurie is immature, and in real life Louisa was 10 years older than Laddie and 10 years older than Alf. I used to read Jo's and Friedrich's age difference meaning that Joe wanted to be with Friedrich because he was more mature and was able to help Joe to grow both as a person and as a writer. Of course now I know that it was because Louisa was in love with Henry Thoreau and they had that same age difference. The open narration of Garrick's film has created three types of interpretations. 1. There is now a whole new generation who see Joe and Laurie as the ultimate romantic couple. Two. The second group is people who praised this adaptation for erasing the romantic subplots and this has been part of the film's promotion. The correspondence between Louisa and her publisher, Thomas Niles, shows that Louisa was the one who actually came up with all the marriages. When Little Woman became popular, Louisa and her publisher turned Louisa into a brand. She became, quote, the children's friend. It is always quite strange when people say that Louisa didn't care about romances. There was a real life Laurie and there was a real life but because she had her reputation to protect, she tried to keep these relationships hidden and even detach herself from Joe's character. Yet you can read about Luisa's romantic endeavours from every single Luisa Mayagal biography and her personal journals and letters. This brand that was built around Louisa, she herself struggled with it a lot because it evolved into a Persian worship cult. Rosa lived in a time when most marriages were based on economical reasons. She was part of a movement that promoted marriage based on love as a priority and this was something that she promoted in all of her novels. 3. There are people who loved both Amy Larry and Joe and Friedrich in this film and now there is a whole new generation of little woman fans who think that Laurie was more immature compared to Frederick, and he was better off with Amy. And yet the entire promotion of this film was based on Greta Gerwig making fun of the couples and telling one demographic that Jo is gay, another one that Jo is asexual and doesn't want to leave her home. It doesn't happen in the book. Jo quite literally says that being a caretaker does not satisfy her and she wants to find out what romantic love feels like. Greta Gerwig tells the third group that Joe and Laurie are meant to be. Then she made fun of Friedrich's looks and his accent, completely ignoring the fact that Joe is not written to be beautiful and she even wants to study German because she is so in love with Friedrich and wants to learn about his culture. That happens in the novel. Ok, here are some quotes from Jimena. And Jimena read Little Woman the novel after she saw the 2019 film and she was quite surprised how different they were. Greta didn't understand Joe and Laurie. The fact that Greta misinterpreted their entire relationship. My God, Laurie wasn't ready to be anyone's husband when he proposed to Joe. He had never worked a day in his life and wasn't planning on doing it soon. He wasn't a man, he was spoiled boy, wanted to play house. Joe was the mature one. She was the one who understood how unhappy they could have been. Their friendship was more valuable than a desperate attempt to be a couple. Just because Laurie was horny doesn't mean he was ready to be an adult. Do I have to remind you, there are 15-year-olds having sex already. Can you imagine having an insisting friend and being very clear about the status of your relationship? And one day you arrive home and he prepared this big proposal with all of your family and friends. And it's horrible because you don't want to embarrass him, but you don't want to say yes. And you have no idea what to do. It's a lot of pressure. But again, Laurie has no character arc, so there's nothing much to do here. They also have quite bad influence on each other. There's a scene in the book where Laurie is talking about running away, and Joe encourages him. It's Meg who talks to him and convinces him to stay with his grandfather and go to college. I just realized, Meg and Amy are the ones who who push him to behave better. Joe just tells him what to do. The letter. Why did Greta do that? She should have left it at the scene in the attic. The only thing she accomplished was fueling Joe and Laurie shippers. That is why they loved this film. And it made Joe so selfish. Even after her mother made her realize that being loved and loving someone are two completely different things. She goes and writes that stupid letter. The letter thing was so weird. First Joe almost confesses Marmee that she has feelings for Frederick, And then she writes a letter to Laurie. Saying that she wants to marry him? That doesn't make any sense. This is what I mean when I say that Joe is really a blank slate in this movie. In the book Joe herself comes to the conclusion that she is in love with Frederick. She never gives Laurie any kind of false hope. Laurie also comes to the conclusion himself that Joe is actually not that great partner for him. He even calls her a torment and then he has these mushy thoughts about Amy. Joe and Laurie stayed in a teenage mindset. The problem was not only their tempers, they were enabling each other's good qualities. After Larry forged those letters and heard Meg and he asked Joe to run away with him, there is no project for the future. It was just another way to escape and not face consequences of his actions. It is uncanny how many people romanticized, knowing that it happened just after he nearly ruined Megs and John's relationship. In the chapter "Castles in the Air, Larry is moping how much he hates the future his grandfather has planned for him. Joe tells him just to sail away with one of his ships, play music and be a composer. Larry was used to do what other people told him, so he might have done it. But Joe's advice was pretty terrible, because Laurie was incapable to look after himself. Meg was the voice of reason and reminded Laurie how much his grandfather loves him. Joe was a very blunt person and Laurie highly sensitive, can be a toxic combination. Amy was way more healthier for him and Fritz much better for Joe because he was direct but much calmer person. Laurie thought he could earn Joe's hand by graduating college and even that he did very lazily. Joe had already opened herself to the idea of loving Fritz which is why she defended him when Laurie proposed. Which by the way is never in the movies. Little Woman is incredibly nuanced story. It has lots of characters. It is difficult to turn it into a film. I would like to see an adaptation someday that would handle Amy's and Laurie's struggles with infertility and their interactions with their daughter, Bess." I will end this with a quote from Jimena. It is sort of a popular in media to show the good influence women can have of men. And it's certainly the case in real Women, but it can also go the other way around. In New York, Joe struggled with her sensational stories. They caused her some psychological distress, but those are the only stories that the editor wanted. Her necessity to have money led her to put aside her family's teachings. In chapter 34, Friend, Bear sees some of those stories, not knowing some of them were written by Joe, and he criticizes them for spreading bad morals, and even if Joe tries to defend them, saying that they are just stories and that they are popular, she agrees, and Bear has an amazing reply. There is demand for whiskey, but I think you and I do not care to sell it. If the respectable people knew what harm they did, they would not feel that the living was honest. His answer reminded me of critic Horacio Villalobos here in Mexico. Whenever someone defends a TV show, movie, play, book, whatever, just for being popular he would say, cocaine is super popular, that doesn't mean it's good. So Bear basically reminded her of her conscience that Joe has put on the side in order to earn money. And in a ocean away, something similar happens between Amy and Laurie. People always point out the good influence that Amy had on Laurie, and rightfully so. Amy scolds him, tells him the truth as it is, and she inspires him to become a better person, to stop wasting his time and be a productive member of society. However, that influence goes both ways. When Amy and Laurie met in Nice, she had already decided to marry Fred Fawn, despite the fact that she didn't really love him. She's determined to give herself and her family a better life, and Fred's money can do that. Painting won't do it, and Joe at this point was still selling stories for twenty US dollars each, so not a lot of options. She knows it's mercenary and that the family won't like it, but she feels it is her duty. In Malrosa, Amy confesses her plan to Laurie, and he calls on her for not remembering her mother's teaching. I understand, queens of society can't get on without money, so you mean to make good match, and start in that way. Quite right and proper, as the word goes, but it sounds odd, from the lips of one of your mother's girls. Amy defends her resolution, but Laurie's words clearly had an impact on her, as much as her words had an impact on him. While they are apart, Fred returns and Amy is unable to accept his proposal. She knew better now. In a way, just like Fritz to Joe, Laurie made Amy remember her conscience and her values. Nobody else tried to stop Amy from accepting a proposal and get into loveless marriage. Everyone around her just saw it as a good match, not caring if if there was love in there or not. I would even say that without that wake-up call from Laurie, Amy could have gone through the marriage and paid the consequences. She is an American with very non-traditional ideas about women entering into an English family. I think she would have been quite lonely. In a way, Amy Fred Perils with Joe and Laurie in the sense that both sisters have these incredible opportunities to marry very wealthy men. However, both were doomed to be loveless marriages and neither Amy or Joe wanted that they would have lived in a golden cage. So yeah, Amy did lots of good on Laurie, but he also helped her, and Fritz did the same for Joe. Thank you, Gemana, for letting me read your quotes, and thank you for listening. Take care and make good choices. Bye! With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.